The Guardian. This Guardian podcast was made possible by Squarespace, the all-in-one website maker with cover pages, a new feature that expresses your ideas with a bold single-page website. Try it at squarespace.com and use the offer Guardian to get 10% off. I'm Alice Fowler, The Guardian's gardening columnist. And I'm Jane Perone, The Guardian's gardening editor. I think we really, really need to rename ourselves. We need new titles. They are too much. They're too much. Anyhow, despite our bad titles, actually this week we're going to be talking about the joy of having birds in your garden and what a lovely thing they are to have. Unless you're talking about wood pigeons, in which case... Hatred. Really? No, I'm sorry. I, I, I have this moment where <laughs> Alice has gone all soft and gooey yeah. now. Thought of wood pigeons, which is alarming me. I, I rock pigeons. I can totally understand getting upset about, but wood pigeons. I think they have a really stylish sense of dress. They have a presence in the garden, and they have that right. like lovely, beautiful, smooth grey, and then the really delicious kind of dusky pink. I always think if I ever wanted to have a suit made, I would have it made in, as a wood pigeon, like a lovely beautiful kind of light grey suit with a, a really fine dusky pink lining. Designers out there, I want somebody to make this for Alice and for Alice to appear in public wearing her wood pigeon suit. <laughs> okay, this has all got very weird very quickly, but back to birds. I do love I do love wood pigeons. I just don't like it when they eat my brassicas to nothing. And it's just because I'm rubbish at netting things. That's all that's it's my bad. I shouldn't yes. criticize the wood pigeons. One thing that I had have noticed of late is that those wood pigeons haven't actually been in my garden that much. And I am wondering whether this mild weather means that a lot of the garden birds are still out in the fields. Do you not just think that's because you've got a dog? That's a good point, actually. That's a really good point. Although he kind of doesn't go in that back part of the garden where the, where the veg patch is. But yeah, it's probably just still his presence. Yeah, I He does that. like to chase birds if he sees them in the garden. Wood pigeons and dogs are just not a, a kind of... Because the wood pigeons move away immediately the instant yeah, Isabel And he is pretty fast. I mean, he is the yeah. Usain Bolt of the dog world. So he could... Yeah. You're right. Okay, point taken. But birds are fantastic in the garden. And I do love it when... I'm digging and there's inevitably a little robin that comes and has a look round for some worms. I mean, that's a fantastic that's a great close-up moment. Yes, it's a great garden. gardener relationship, isn't it? The robin and the gardener. Well, I've just read The Secret Garden again uh, because my daughter was reading it. Um, and that has a wonderful robin gardener scene, which you may recall, which... Uh, really does illustrate the fact that they they must be just be the most intelligent birds because they as soon as you get the fork out they know that you're coming in yeah i think it's a kind of finely tuned bit of evolution isn't it they followed Mm. pigs i think initially digging up and then (laughs) they moved from pigs to humans (laughs) (laughs) take whatever you want to mean but um i i mean the, the the point about it is gardeners tend to love birds for all sorts of reasons because they do great amount of pest control, or at least some of them do. Some of them are pests, but a lot of them do wonderful benefits. But, I mean, they make a garden come alive, isn't it? A garden without birds is a very sad place. And uh, and we know that gardeners are very, you know, they tend to be really 
good at feeding birds and you know putting out nest boxes and all of those so we we know that the kind of gardener bird relationship is a strong one um uh and uh, but you know what i have to admit is that i'm actually really terrible at recognition i think i've spent so long looking at my feet and looking at flowers that i sort of that part of my countryside ed- education totally has kind of passed me by and my mother's always like oh look there's a skylark and you know there's uh, a you see I-, I was a member of the young ornithologist club uh, which was the youth wing of the rspb when i was uh, a child i think they've called it something much more anodyne now like the wildlife watchers or something but um i was a member of the yoc as a child and so i used to get the bird magazine mm. and but i'm not i'm not very good on calls i'm better on, on visuals and i think you do get your eye in with um being able to identify birds and the way they move and uh fly and a flash of color but at the same time i always find myself outside if i'm outside my own small environs i went to norfolk uh, recently and as soon as I'm outside my local area I'm lost because I'm thinking is that a rock pipit a meadow pipit what is it I need to know uh, so there's a lot lots of uh, challenges out there for uh, the budding bird watcher yes and uh, and on that note actually I found somebody who's kind of local to me who um, is going to show me uh, how to identify the birds around me so I'm going to go off and meet the lovely lovely Georgia in Litchfield so that I can learn a trick or two about my local birds Right, so what's the name of this church we've come to? Uh, St Michael's Churchyard, Litchfield. And how often do you come here to look at birds? Um, I come up here regularly, even though I might just be going for like an occasional walk or um, having a look round and seeing what's about from the fungi to the birds. And why is this a good place to come and spot birds? Well, it's quite built up and it's just a really nice sort of oasis in the middle of it. And because it's a churchyard, it's, a, it's an old place, obviously. And, because, and that, due to that, it's like an ancient woodland. There's some beautiful trees around here. And, and it's also quite wild, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it's very wild. They've left it quite a lot to just sort of overgrow. So you've got all these brambles growing up here. And over on that side there, it's, look, it looks, it's a brilliant place. And I know in the springtime, it's always really alive and active and... Quite a few people come up here, but it's just sort of the occasional dog walkers. So it's quiet, so not, not undisturbed as well. And what's your favourite thing to see here at this time of year? Some of my favourite things to see, um, there's the increase in um, some of the fin- some of the goldfinches. I tend to see quite a few of them on my garden. And also some of the ones coming over um, as the winter sort of progresses, such as uh, we've got red wings and uh, field fairs. So I always enjoy seeing them. And also some of uh, some migrant birds, like uh, um, I've seen waxwings literally just down the road from here which is always a real treat to see this time of the year haven't heard any recordings of them yet but they shouldn't be long (laughs) and how did you get into birds is it just by putting a bird feeder out in your garden my dad encouraged me and he put feeders up in the garden because he used to be really into bird photography Um, my nan she encouraged me through um, gardening and i suppose once you've seen that species and you know its name you you see all the other birds come in how it all works like the little community of them all that that sort of pecking order and um, learning all the different calls and the species it's just it's quite addictive really wanting to know everything what was that another great tit i think so yeah yeah. and what's that very high pitched is that still a great tit that one they all great tits i think so yeah at the moment yeah yeah. i can hear a wren as well that's quite 
that's quite a high pitched noise. And the blue tit as well, that's quite they chatter in a way. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you a member of any clubs or anything like that? Um, I'm a member of quite a few clubs, sort of locally and sort of um, organisation and national scale. So um, I go to different reserves, there's any walks going on or to go and help, going to help out and volunteering. So there is lots of opportunities around to get involved. And you have a lot of feeders in your garden, don't you? I mean, you have a tree sort of festooned with them. <laughs> Do you have a, like, it's, are they all different types of different birds or...? Um, yeah, so we've got quite a few different feeders in the garden, um, and they're all. We try and sort of cater for all like, quite different species: finches, the tits, uh, sparrows. Got a few tables for the birds that won't go to the feeders, like the blackbirds and the robins. We occasionally get a woodpecker, which is always really exciting. Um, I suppose it's just having that range of feeders for the different species, and also fat balls. It depends on the time of year as well. So, so the fat balls at this time of the year is always a really good source. And then, say for example, like putting mealworms out more in the springs perhaps well all year round but also quite good for in the springtime yeah when they have young yes yeah, yeah. when they have young oh it's a sparrowhawk oh yeah it's a sparrowhawk oh wow <laughs> that was good looking I up yeah that's no pigeon that wow we sometimes get sparrowhawks in the garden it's always so exciting it's like that it's like that mad rush moment to go and grab the camera it's like like scrambling up the stairs as quick as possible to grab my camera and get a photo we had one um, and also it's so uh, we'll go over that way um sometimes um it's a case of looking out into the garden and until you sit there and you look out you don't realize until what you get so I was sitting there, when I'm sitting there in the mornings, it's amazing what I'll see. Sometimes there'll be a sparrowhawk coming and squirrel, squirrel might come along. Um, we, put, we have some cameras up in the garden as well, and they're really good. Uh, we can sort of monitor what's going on during the daytime when nobody's there. And even at night time as well, I think that's been great, because we've, we've managed to film foxes coming wow. in. Uh, so, and that was really exciting, because uh, we don't normally get... We've ne- we never would have dreamed of having foxes in the garden. Do you have a little bit of bird watching before school? I do, I do, yeah. I sort of sit and watch them for a bit, and if something interesting comes along, I'm sort of a bit late or... <laughs> I don't know. I'd well, it's a pretty good excuse for being late to school, I think, is actually bird watching rather than doing yeah. something else. And do you have um, do you have a favourite? Um, in the garden, I really love the uh, the goldfinches because they're something that I remember watching a lot when I was younger. Um, I, mem- I always remember the one year we had about uh, the lawn was just co- it felt like the lawn was just covered in goldfinches. Like we must have had about fifty all on the all on the ground. It's just absolutely amazing to see. And it, every time I every every time I see one now, every time I hear them, just a little chiming sounds flying over. Or if we're going to the garden to fill the feeders up, we've got wonderful big tree by the garden. You can hear them sort of chattering away. And they're always I love the song and the colours of them as well. They're really they wouldn't they're great birds, but uh, my favourite, probably like my, one of my favourite birds outside the garden, has got to be a peregrine falcon. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. And now we've come into a slightly more wooded section on a hunt for a few more birds. So now I can hear lots of different things. Yeah, squirrel there as well. Yeah. Oh, something's just gone in there. Oh, long-tailed tits. Yeah, so long-tailed tit just there. So if there's one, there's probably bound to be a few more about. You often, they often sort of, um, they, they're in groups. And there's, I, I often see them in the mornings and there's, there's like a group of them and they're all sort of everywhere and you, you, hear, you seem to hear them before you see them sometimes. So I can hear a robin oh, just yeah. behind us. Yeah. Can you see him just yeah, there? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I always think they're a bit slightly like the kind of the, the sort of teenage punks. Yeah, <laughs> somebody's just. I think there might be another one.
after this time of year, here's another long-tailed tit. Oh, and another one. There's a, oh, there's a tree creeper there. Tree creeper. Oh, yeah. Yeah, can you see it? it? Wow, oh, told you, it's brilliant. Wow, that's you wouldn't, really Yeah, exciting. and we've just got like a car park here mm. for the gym. And look how many there are. There must be about six or seven of yeah. them. Yeah, lots of Yeah, and you can hear them like the, the little chattering. I love tree creepers. They're, they're wonderful. Like, we, I don't think we've ever... I've seen one in the garden, but um, let's have a look around. Because they often sort of travel up the tree, and when you're watching them, they always like, they need to go around the other side. Yeah. They sort of... viral around, don't yes. they? Yes, yeah. They're, they're brilliant to sort of watch moving up and down the tree with such sort of skill. And what's the rarest thing you've ever seen in your garden? Probably, um, we've had bramblings in the past, perhaps not the rarest, but the most exciting. We've had brambling in the garden before. And what does a brambling look like? Uh, they're like a finch. They look, they're sort of like the same size, sort of like the average finch sort of body, and they're really colourful. They've got blacks and orange and sort of pale colours on them. And I think um, when it's sort of days when I can't really go out because I've got perhaps I'm busy with uh, work from a school for school work or um, just um, it's just a really it's just a really nice way to sort of look out into the garden sort of connect that way and to really enjoy what's going on and I think that probably pro applies to quite a few people it's just maybe people who can't get out it's sort of a uh, that connection with nature through just looking out into the garden and seeing the birds there and how they're sort of going about and the sort of like their uh, perhaps a daily the morning what's going on it's just it's just really nice to see and they always sort of cheer you up they're really such little sweet things and that's yeah. a starling okay yeah. quite a few of them about well with starlings it's a bit hit and miss really. i mean sometimes in the winter we get quite a few and other times we don't but they're always nice to see and also the murmurations of them as well, they're always fantastic. When, when you actually see one in person, it's, it's just brilliant. It's just so amazing how it all works. And Yeah, yeah it's sort of somehow really magical, isn't yeah, it, that that it. many yeah. individuals can kind of get it together not to bump into each other. Yes, yeah, that's it, yeah. I can see that it's probably quite hard to leave to go to school in the mornings it because <laughs> it's a really jolly thing to look at your lovely trees. So thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you very much, yeah. It's So one thing that we know that all gardeners love is feeding birds so they can get more birds into their garden and we have got Richard Bullock with us who's the biodiversity officer at the Wildfowl and Wetland Centre to tell us all we need to know about how to feed birds properly in our gardens, in our flats, at work, at school, anywhere. So what is, what is the key thing to, to feeding birds? Is there like one thing that you have to get right? It's probably several several things really, but obviously um, the the clue is in the uh, in the expression bird feeding. And um, obviously, if you supply food, um, that's going to be a big draw probably to any any animal. Um, and in that respect, that's a great start. Um, on top of that, you, you can build in features which is going to to help bring in a, perhaps a greater variety or different types of birds to your garden. And um, you can think beyond that as well, putting up bird boxes, etc., which will also uh, help birds use your bird feeders more frequently. I know some people who have perhaps been put off by bird feeding by um, having problems with rodents as a result of dropped food sort of take this approach of, well, I'm going to make my whole garden into um, some, something that birds can, can feed on. And that's quite a nice approach too. And at the same time, you can provide things that also offer cover 
I don't know whether birds eat pyracantha berries, but my, certainly my pyracantha, uh, my firethorn, is the best sparrow hotel in the world. It's just loaded with sparrows uh, day in, day out. So I'm hoping that they're also eating the berries. Oh, in, indeed so. They, they'll, they'll take uh, those orange berries, a uh, great delight. And uh, most plants that produce berries, are uh, uh, they, they, they produce these nice, bright um, berries simply for that reason birds seeing colour and they'll be attracted to those those, those berries so whether it be holly berries or, or blackberries uh, for, for example and, um, and sloes and what have you my fear with those I always look at those ground based feeds and just think either yeah they're going to end up as a bit of a feast for rodents but I suppose it's it's being diligent I mean this is another point isn't it about uh, keeping feeders clean and uh, maintaining them well you can't just put out a load of food and then leave it for six months because it, it I, am I right in understanding that it can be quite dangerous for birds to, to eat, eat old moldy bird seed uh, you have to be careful just as uh, we we wouldn't want to eat off the same plate uh, day after day sort of thing birds are a bit tougher than us but um, it has to be said that you do need to what is recommended you keep a certain level of hygiene now amongst your bird feeders so it's it's best to give them a, uh, every so often give them a good wash and disinfect them even simply because there are certain things like um, trichomonosis, for example, is one of these diseases which, as most recently anyway, has, has hit greenfinches, for example, in the, in the south. Also, don't forget um, uh, to you know, provide some, some water as well. Good point. It's nothing better than a, a, perhaps a, a bird bath. or um, this. Uh, I've actually bought one in here. Uh, this is one you can actually hang, which... Um, uh, you can put water in the um, uh, device, and it and it and it leaves some water for the the birds to drink drink from. But you usually find, I think, in most gardens, um, that there'll perhaps be some um, surface water that will collect after some rain as well. Um, so you know that that's that, that. But of course, that that'll be a transient feature. And, and I suppose if it's cold enough to freeze, then you've got to. That's worry a, about a lovely that. one for balconies as well mm. and like places where you this don't yeah, yeah you know i mean yeah. that's a really good solution I, I i think they've passed me by but essentially it's it's a it's a kind of water bottle isn't it i mean with a with a a saucer underneath so it just allows a little bit of water to endlessly trickle out and um yeah you could hang that outside your window you don't necessarily have to have a bit of um floor space at all for that to work that's a very neat design. Yeah, it's. I'm, I will be cleaning out my bird bath <laughs> when, I, when I get out into the garden. My bird bath is probably long due a clean, but uh, you're, as you say, there's usually a f- more than one source of water in the garden. Um, one thing I did want to ask, actually, is somebody in my neighbourhood must be leaving out big chunks of stale white bread because my conservatory roof is often littered with pieces, chunks of bread that have been left out and then dropped by crows. I mean, can you sort of recycle leftovers or is it really better to, to buy something bespoke for the birds? I think you, you can you can be somewhat inventive. So, 
for example, you, you can, at this time of year, as we approach Christmas, you can produce um, suet cakes and, and, and stick bits and pieces, fruits and various other things that birds might eat as well into, into this general mix. So you can, you can be creative. There's no, no reason why not to be. And, but not uh, turkey fat, I understand. I believe turkey... Tur- isn't turkey fat supposed to be terribly bad for birds? Because it doesn't... It, the, um, it, doesn't coagulate or something it's yeah the, the, yes the, 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 but again it's probably probably best to sort of go more down the sort if you like the, the, what they supply in the shops are yeah. suet, like suet, suet balls, balls yeah. isn't it and um, it's nice to think it, you can recycle the turkey fat but yeah. probably yeah. <laughs> probably it's a step too far <laughs> for the birds I think it doesn't agree with them interestingly enough the, the suet you can provide for bird feeders what one in here um, they're often slightly different to the design of the smaller and perhaps sort of more rectangular in shape or, bit like or a sort of a cage even. isn't it yes yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, so they they again can attract a whole host of different things and which you might not necessarily see in your garden at other times of year so um, they're obviously great favourite things like sparrows and, and starlings and they seem to feed quite happily with the, the other birds or the other birds get used to them eventually when, after they arrive. And what about that London speciality, the ring-necked pag- parakeet? Well, do you have a view on them? I mean, at Chelsea, they're always kind of walking away and flying above the show gardens and causing havoc. I mean, do you kind of embrace that particular invader or do you kind of it presumably causes problems in some london gardens where it sort of takes over the parakeet um i suppose is the i suppose the new flying squirrel isn't it <laughs> <laughs> um the the um uh, yes i mean i think people have a love-hate relationship with the parakeets and um you either love them or hate them. There has been there has been a little bit of research done showing that they will displace other when they come in to feed. They displace other the smaller birds that you, you might you know, want to see. So um, in that Sue respect, I, we, we, we love to especially see, especially if they're going to sparrows come into our garden because we know what you can do is serious look at. You do get these um, guards that they they produce for keeping squirrels out these some metal guards and it's worth seeing if you can get perhaps a a, a guard that may the adult parakeets out least ways but um um or design one yourself this particular that, that this one here thank you the the um oh i see the one with it it's got a like that, a that's m- right yes the, the, this that that this particular um bird feeder i brought in is is a, a known as a squirrel buster Ooh, and this um, looks good. now, yes, yeah, so you can see how it works. Is that when the squirrel, because the weight of the squirrel compared to birds is heavier, they um, and the squirrel gets on the um, on that part of the feeder and tra- transfers its weight onto that section. It means that they can't actually feed on the on the food inside the feeder. Oh, right. Now um, I've been told that um, uh, you'd probably have to go back to the manufacturer. Uh, for, for, for that, or, or find out someone who can uh, adjust it. The the actual spring mechanism that you can you could pr- pr- adjust or try and get a different spring for. Oh. So Take a slightly is. slightly lighter weight, right. or, or perhaps a ring necked wood pigeon if you're trying to keep pigeons off or, mm. uh, type of weight um, so it just means that the smaller lighter birds can feed it's the most clever design I've seen for keeping mm. squirrels off so essentially what happens is when the on the bird perch if it's anything heavier than 
your sort of average garden bird, it forces the feeder up into the cage so that the squirrel can't, or whoever's on it, can't get any food out of it. And um, That's very clever. I can see it's a very clever design because if you do have a lot of squirrels, you know that they totally dominate the feeder. The minute they've worked out how Mm. to do it, they make sure nobody else goes anywhere near it. So I can see that's a clever design. I might invest in one yeah, of those. That is quite. I don't have a problem with. I don't have any squirrels in my garden. I have to say that's one problem I don't have. But uh, I can see how that would be very handy. Uh, so that is clever. Well, well the, yes. I, these ones I've brought in here. Ones we um, um, sell at the London Wetland Centre, and they, there are different ones. The um, three others we have here. There's one for peanuts. There's one for sunflower hearts. And also, uh, Niger seed is another one. So You can really get a feeder for every possible <laughs> bird and every possible purpose now. There's such a huge explosion in the number mm. of um, options, which is, which is great. But uh, it leaves me slightly wondering which feeder to go for. And hopefully my experiment with, uh, with putting up a load of different feeders will find one, one all-purpose victor. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll find out. So I'm, I'm off to go now and see what I can do to help the birds in the garden. Richard, thank you very much. And It's been a pleasure. Um, happy bird feeding. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank happy you. bird feeding, indeed. Well, it's a sunny, clear afternoon in my garden and... When I look around, I can see one very forlorn bird feeder, which is, and I come through the gate, hanging from the pear tree, looking very sad. Every time I buy a bird feeder, the end result seems to be it either breaks, or the food gets wet, or it falls off the tree, or some other disaster happens. I'm just going to remove this one that's hanging here in the pear tree because its days are numbered and I'm going to replace this rather sad looking feeder with one of the feeders that I'm going to be trialling over the next few weeks. Now two here to start with. Um, These are two peanut feeders. One's from Peckish and it's a, a metal construction fairly standard tube that you might recognize Uh, But what looks nice about it is it looks really durable. There's no plastic parts here to break and crack um, or be affected by frost. So I'm hoping this one might be quite durable. Uh, So I'm going to hang this one up here in the pear tree for the birds and we'll see how it gets on. I know this is a popular spot for birds to come, so I'm hoping that it will prove once again popular. And now I've got this, what can only be described as the Rolls-Royce of bird feeders. This is the National Trust acorn bird feeder which is very very beautiful and very very solid and very large and heavy so I need to think about where I'm going to hang this one over here in the other part of the garden I have one of these handy bird feeder poles which will be ideal for this heavy container Uh, at 59.99 I would say it's probably a feeder that you hope to buy once and not have to replace for many years but if it does last for 10 years uh, it's got a 10-year guarantee then it should be a good investment i'm just going to readjust it a bit and then i'm going to grab the next feeder well here i have a rather unusually shaped feeder it's not the usual tube it's more like a lantern and it's got a nice viewing window to see the seed 
and a little cup at the bottom, a little, well, a little saucer which hopefully will stop too much seed being spilt. This one is heavy and, and metal on the whole, so I'm hoping this will be durable. This is from Peckish and it's called a lantern feeder. And, and I've just dropped. This illustrates the problem of some of these other feeders. This is um, the other feeder I'm holding, which has just fallen over, is a much more economy design, I'd say. It's from Wilkinson and it's got a plastic, clear plastic tube and a metal top and bottom. It looks nice and it would probably last you a couple of seasons, but it's not durable enough to last forever. And as you've just seen, it does fall over if you manage to drop it on the ground before you get it up in its final position. And I'm going to put this one in my plum tree if I can find a suitable perch for it. And I'll say this is pretty heavy, so you need to make sure it's got a suitable, suitably strong place to sit. Or it's not going to smash down. Now this next bird feeder is a new one on me. It's a peanut butter feeder from Wilkinson's. And it looks like a little brown plastic house with a roof on it. And inside you just put uh, a special jar of mm, delicious peanut butter mixed with mealworms. Don't get it mixed up with your normal peanut butter. Uh, and you just slot that inside put the lid on and hang it up and I'm going to be interested to see how the birds like that one because I've never tried peanut butter as a bird food before. I'm going to leave these up here and see how they do. I'm just going to put the final feeder in position and this one is a big tall seed feeder which is I've put sunflower hearts in from the RSPB. It's got it's a big tower, plastic tower, um, and it's supposed to be easy clean. And it's got three, actually four portholes for the birds to get to the seeds. And I've hung this in the plum tree. And in a few weeks, I'll report back on how I'm getting on with them. But for now, I'm signing off because... There's lots of tiny birds in the trees on the edges of my garden and I sense that they're all desperate to get back to the feeder. So I'm going to retreat inside and watch them from the window. Welcome back, Jane. How are, how are your bird feeders? They're great. My garden is festooned. So I'd just like to say thanks to Georgia Locott for our wonderful walk. And thanks to Richard Bullock for coming in from the Wildfowl and Wetland Centre because we have learnt an equal amount of stuff off him. Um, but sadly, we're coming to the end of this podcast. But we'd absolutely love it if you'd send us your photos of your garden birds and your feeders, particularly if you think you found a very good feeder because we're on the hunt. Find the best. So send us pictures using the Guardian Witness app. Tweet us at Guardian Gardens and join our Facebook group. Just search for Guardian Gardens. So till next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.
The Guardian gives you great independent journalism. Squarespace gives you the power to be independent on the web. Squarespace, the sponsor of this Guardian podcast, has Google Apps integration so you can create a beautiful website and get professional email branded to your web address. Entrepreneurship has never been easier. Try it at squarespace.com and use the offer Guardian to get 10% off. For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.